You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. It'll rumble into your life. The story of the cross, the story of Jesus. The cross will interrupt your falafel and lime lemonade like it did Simon. Or maybe for you it's margaritas and gambling and the vida loca. The cross comes rumbling into your life. You will be challenged like Simon to take up the cross, to believe and follow. Today, Pastor Dion continues in Luke 23 as you study the last hours before Jesus dies on the cross. He reminds you that when the cross comes rumbling into your life, you have a choice to make. Like Simon, the thief on the cross, and the centurion, will you admit that you don't have it all together? That you've made so many mistakes and ask God to forgive you? Or will you continue to try to make life work on your own terms, experiencing none of the freedom and joy that God offers? Here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke, chapter 23, with today's edition of The Simple Truth. You see, Rome had incorporated a law. If a Roman soldier asked anyone to carry his burden, his backpack, his supply bag, anything, he would tap that person on the shoulder with his spear. And that person would be obligated to carry it for one mile. In fact, Jesus talked about this in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus told his followers, if you're asked to go a mile, show God's love and go to. Everybody said out loud what? Go to. Be the person who goes the extra mile. If you didn't know where that phrase came from, right there. Look at your neighbor and say, go the extra mile. That was the rule, the law that Rome had incorporated. So the soldier could come and tap you and you'd have to take his load, his burden for a mile. Well, the soldier spotted a guy. His name was Simon. Simon wasn't a disciple. He wasn't even a local. He had no idea who Jesus was. See, Simon was from Africa. He had traveled 800 miles to eat Passover in Jerusalem. The trip must have been exhausting and expensive. But Passover in Jerusalem was a dream come true. Simon was probably walking the market, seeing the sights, enjoying the food, a falafel in one hand and a lime lemonade in the other. He was probably singing that Fiddler on the Roof song. Tradition! Tradition! (laughs) This guy was happier than a goat-eating cockleburs. You know what I mean? When all of a sudden, a crowd came rumbling his way. People jeering, cursing, spitting, others mocking and hurling things at a man carrying a cross on his way to his execution. Simon backed up off the street to let the crowd by. He saw a tortured criminal struggling under the weight of a cross. What could this man have done to offend so many people? 
What could this man have done to be beaten so severely? Treason? Murder? Rape? What did this guy do? The crime was usually displayed on a sign around the criminal's neck, but it was curiously missing. That's when Simon felt the Roman soldier's spear tap him on his shoulder. Carry my burden. And he motioned to Jesus' cross. You know, there's a lot of similarities between Italians and us Nortenos. So it's likely that the soldier pointed with his lips. Simon was obligated to carry Jesus' cross. He was probably livid. He had traveled over 800 miles to eat Passover in Jerusalem. And now he can't. You see, Simon will be tainted with blood and be considered unclean. The trip, the time, the expense is now a waste. Everybody say, But listen. Jesus' blood may have closed the door for Simon to partake in the earthly Passover party. But heaven rolls out the red carpet for those covered in the blood of Jesus. In fact, the Apostle Paul explains it like this. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. Read it with me. Remember that at one time, separated from Christ, that you at one time were separated from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Listen, that was your B.C. before you knew Christ days, right? But then continue reading, but now. Say it out loud, what? But now. In Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Isn't that awesome, guys? We were enemies of God, separated from God. I don't care how good we were, our nature of sin separated us. Our original sin separated us from God. We were destined for destruction. But the blood of Christ has brought us near. Hey, Simon couldn't go to the Passover party, but he got the best seat in the house in the heavenly party. That's what the blood of Jesus does. The bloody cross may catch you by surprise sometimes, like it did Simon. It'll rumble into your life. The story of the cross, the story of Jesus... The cross will interrupt your falafel and lime lemonade like it did Simon. Or maybe for you it's margaritas and gambling and the vida loca. But the cross comes rumbling into your life. You will be challenged like Simon to take up the cross, to believe and follow. To believe and follow. Say it out loud to what? Believe and follow. As Jesus and Simon carried the cross together, they passed some women who were crying and sobbing. They were expressing pity. But Jesus tells them, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Say it out loud. What? Weep for yourselves. Let's continue reading. 
And a great multitude of the people followed Jesus, and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus, turning to them, said, read it with me, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? There were also two others, criminals, led with him to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Did you know that all the way to his death, Jesus never stopped trying to reach people? Never stopped trying to save people? If you've ever wondered what was on Jesus' mind while he marched towards Calvary, the answer was right here in these verses. The lost. Everybody said, what is it? What was on his mind? The lost souls. Even through all the affliction, all the pain, all the torture that he was going through. What was on his mind was the lost. Lost souls. Jesus prayed for his executioners. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus warned the crowd. He said, daughters of Jerusalem. That's an idiom for Israel. Everybody say the word, the name, what? Israel. So when Jesus says, daughters of Jerusalem, Jesus wasn't talking to the women. He was using their tears as an illustration. He was saying, Israel, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves. Because the day is coming when Rome will torture and kill you just as it has me. And it will be violent and brutal and ruthless. You see, about a week earlier, before Jesus' arrest, Jesus shared a prophecy that the temple would be dismantled. Not one stone would be left upon another. A prophecy that was fulfilled 35 years later, when the Romans besieged and destroyed Jerusalem. Close to a million Jews were massacred. That's what Jesus was referring to in the passage. He was saying, Israel, don't weep for me. I'm going to be with my Father. I'll be fine. But weep for yourselves. It's an appeal to repent and believe in Him. Don't weep for me. Weep, repent, and believe. Because your eternity will soon be here, calling, knocking at your door. Beaten and bloodied on the way to his death, Jesus is still thinking about the lost. I love you. Believe in me. Believe in me. Well, Luke recorded two people who did believe. The first was a career criminal. Let's read it. They divided Jesus' garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he's the Christ, the chosen of God. 
The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we were receiving the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Before any crucifixion, a placard would be hung around the neck of the one being executed, and it would state his offense. Treason, tax evasion, rebellion, theft, murder. As the convict carried their cross, people would take notice. They would know what he did. Jesus' placard was curiously missing as he marched through the Via de Dolorosa. One reason the placard was missing. If you remember, Pilate, the judge, believed Jesus was an innocent man. He had been arguing for Jesus, trying to set him free. So Pilate hadn't issued a charge. So the placard wasn't made in time for Jesus as he was walking. But eventually the placard was posted above Jesus' crucified body. It was written in the three languages of the region, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. And what it read was, Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Say it out loud. Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Jesus Nazareth rex idiobrum in Latin. In fact, many of you may have seen a cross with the letters I-N-R-I above as the statement. That's kind of an acronym or an acrostic that basically is saying that. Because they use I's instead of J's because in Latin there are no J's. Just like, you know, it's like us Norteños, we have trouble with C-H, you know, cheese and chicken and share and, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, the Italians have trouble with J's, all right? It's not in their vocabulary. You guys got it? But that's what the sign, the placard read. Jesus Nazareth, King of the Jews. Many read the placard and protested. It's not true. He's not our king. We don't agree. Take it down. John in his gospel says that the ACLU, no, no, I'm sorry, I mean the religious leaders argue with Pilate to change the sign. But Pilate said, the sign stays. That placard was the very first Christian billboard, the very first gospel tract the very first gospel publication. There it hung, Jesus, Nazareth, King of the Jews. The thief that was crucified next to Jesus read the sign and believed. This guy was a career criminal, a man who hurt, victimized, and cheated others, a man who abused and wasted his life. And in his final hours, he confessed his sin. We deserve this, he told the other guy. 
and he asked for mercy. Remember me, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom. The judge didn't even think that this guy was worthy of prison. Surely he doesn't deserve heaven, right? But let's read carefully Jesus' reply. Read it out loud with me. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. That's a good place to shout and clap right there. So here's this thief, wasted his life. Pilate doesn't even think this guy's worthy of prison. <laughs> Send this guy for crucifixion. But Jesus thinks he's worthy for heaven because he believes, he confesses his sins, and he asks for mercy. The criminal was drowning in his sin and judgment. And from the cross, Jesus threw him a life preserver. Jesus is still doing it today. When we realize we are drowning in sin and judgment, we can call out to the Savior, and He will rescue us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. I want you to read it with me. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and cleanse us from everybody, all unrighteousness. <laughs> the thief wasn't the only believer that day. He got a get out of hell free card right at that last moment. But it's so much more than that. He wasn't the only one to believe that day. There was one more. A Roman centurion. Now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. The sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. The Roman centurion supervised executions all day, every day. This wasn't his first rodeo. And being a correctional officer over time, dealing with the worst of the worst, that can make you hard and cynical. This centurion was accustomed to seeing criminals resist, argue, spit, bite, curse, and swear. He would see the hate and the outrage in the criminal's eyes. But Jesus' eyes were filled with love. His words dripped with mercy and forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. The centurion witnessed the heavens grieve and the earth moan when Jesus gave up His Spirit. And I want to emphasize that. When Jesus gave up 
His Spirit. Say it out loud. Gave up His Spirit. Father, into Your hands I commit my Spirit. If you've ever wondered who was responsible for Jesus' death, was it the Romans? The Jews? Was it the religious leaders? Was it Pontius Pilate? Who was responsible? None of those. Everybody said out loud, what? None of those. You know who was responsible? God was responsible for Jesus' death. You see, God loved us, and there was no other way to save us. So, because of His great love, God did what He had to do. Last verse, you're familiar with it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That is so awesome. The Roman centurion bowed his head and confessed Jesus as God's righteous gift. What about you? Have you believed and confessed? If you haven't, today is the best day to make that decision. To believe and confess. You see, the details of every part of his life, from birth all the way to death, have been orchestrated, ordered. No coincidence. It wasn't random. Every little detail. And believe me, it's no coincidence listening to this message on this day because God orchestrates those things to bring us to a place of decision. Isn't it beautiful? The cross came rumbling into our life. I've never been the same. I was seven years old when the cross came rumbling into my life. It's a beautiful thing. Listen, it is no picnic. It is a process to follow Christ. To take up that cross. But I tell you, you're going to get bloody. But the blood that's covering you is worth every minute of this uphill climb. For the rest of us, the cross... The Bible says that the message of the cross is constantly saving us. Not just once. It's constantly saving us. We are being saved by the message of the cross. So, remember it. Recognize it. Today, in fact, share one of your stories about how you met Christ with someone your neighbor, your friend, a family member, somebody. Tell them your experience of when the cross rumbled into your life. Would you do that for me? As we cling to the simple We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Simple Truth. We pray that Pastor Dion's teaching in the book of Luke has given you a new insight into the life of Jesus and brought you closer to Him. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of The Simple Truth or hear additional messages, visit tmcalvary.com. You'll find them under the Sermons tab. 
You can even experience the video version of these teachings at our YouTube channel. Just follow the link. And don't forget to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified as soon as we've uploaded new messages that we know will share Jesus' love and truth for your life. Find a link to our YouTube channel at our website. Again, that's tmcalvary.com. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to offer you the opportunity to be involved in what we're doing here at The Simple Truth. We'd love for you to join us in praying for the people who will be listening to these broadcasts, who may even be hearing about Jesus for the first time. Would you pray that the Holy Spirit would open ears and soften hearts, and that lives would forever be changed? Would you pray also for Pastor Dion and the team here at The Simple Truth? Pray that we always keep our eyes on the Lord, and that we're courageous to follow wherever He may lead. Would you also pray about financially supporting this ministry? Any and all amounts given are useful and greatly appreciated. You can find out more at tmcalvary.com. Just click on Donate. Thank you for praying about this, and thank you for joining us today on The Simple Truth. So let us join our hands and together we stand together.